Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1 says this. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass to everyone in the field. It rained here when we showed up. Thursday we flew in and it was raining. Friday it was, or Friday morning I mean. Friday it was raining. Saturday it rained. Uh, Sunday a little bit it rained. And the rain was coming in. You say, well, you know, it's, it's just, it rains, you know, sometimes. But I don't look at it that way. I believe it was a sign from heaven. I believe it was an indication from God that he's getting ready to pour out his spirit. Now, God's got two rains. He's got a former rain and a latter rain. I believe with all of my heart that he gave us the former rain in a natural way. And I believe also with all of my heart that he's giving us the latter rain supernaturally. Now, picture this for a moment, if you will. What would happen if the cloud of God's glory came into this room and got so thick you couldn't even see each other? And what would happen if the lightning flashes of God's presence, like lightning bolts, started just shooting out of that cloud and changing everything in your life? How many of you have never seen anything like that before in your life? How many of you would like to? How many of you are tired of hearing about the revivals of the past where great things happen and you're ready to be the revival? Are you ready? My wife and I, we went and visited some revival grounds in the United States, right in the center there by the Red River. The Red River Revival Grounds, where uh, a Methodist minister got tired of his area being so bad. He had there in that town. There was like one grocery, one post office, and six bars. And everybody just drank and drank and drank all the time. The Methodist minister in town just kind of got tired of it. He got together with another minister and, and then another one. They began to pray, and they prayed every day for about a year that God would send revival and change some things. Well, it came, and it happened. I mean, people like Jesse James and famous outlaws would come through this area, and they'd stay there because they were safe because it was such an ungodly area. Everyone was ungodly, except for this handful of ministers that got together and prayed and sought God, and they did what this verse says, pray for rain in the times of the latter rain. They said, God, we're tired of it being so spiritually dry in this place, and revival came. There were times when in the Red River grounds, there were more people at this revival grounds than lived in the entire state. Because people came from all over the place. They didn't have any PA systems, any loudspeakers, but they had like a natural amphitheater, and someone would stand on one side of where these hills were, and people would just cover these hills. They would come from miles around in wagons with all of their goods, and they would set up camp, and they would stay there for weeks at a time. There were times when the, the person would be speaking, and the whole crowd would just fall out under the power of God out there on the grass. How many of you go to a public school? How many of you go to a private school? 
How many of you go to home school? How many of you are out of school? How many of you need healing for your arm and you can't raise it? Okay, that guy. We'll pray for you in a minute. We have a young man in our youth program back at home. His name is Brian. And he's kind of quiet, very creative young man. He started coming to our youth group, and he heard me talking about how you can change your school. He had heard about when we took our whole youth group over to the high school one night during youth service and stood in front of the high school and called out for revival. We told that school it was going to have revival. We did it. Why? Because God said, you asked for rain in the times of the latter rain. So we decided we're going to do something about this. We got together at youth group. I, said, I read a couple of scripture verses from the book of Joshua about taking the land. I said, all right, everyone stand. Everyone go outside. Get on the vans and the buses. And we're going to the high school. We went to the high school. We stood out front. We stretched our hands out. We prayed over that school. We called for revival at that school. The very next school year, they have an event called See You at the Pole because every public school in America has a flagpole in front of it. So all over the country and really all over the world too, young people gathered around their pole and prayed for their school. And at that particular high school, there were about 70 that gathered around the, the flagpole. Now this is a testimony because it's right in front of the school and everybody that comes up and lets their kids off for school has to go right by where those young people are praying. And everybody sees it. Seventy young people were on that flagpole praying. Then they decided, well, why don't we come out here every Wednesday and pray around the flagpole? So they started doing that. Then they decided, well, why don't we start having a, a Bible club meeting or something? So on Thursday nights, they got permission. Actually, the principal at first said no. But they prayed, and they went back in. Finally, she said yes. So Thursday nights at this high school... They have a Bible club meeting. They're on campus. They just take over a room. And they don't have any instruments. There's no guitars, no basses, no drums, no keyboards. They just get in there and they sing for about 30 or 40 minutes and worship God. One of them leads it. Then they take turns preaching to each other. One of them will get up and he'll preach. And they're preaching strong stuff, like get full of God. Brian, the young man who's heading it up, he went to his friend one day and he says, why don't you uh, consider not watching football anymore? He said, well, you know, in Texas, football is a very big deal. I mean, everybody's into football. We got the Dallas Cowboys and everybody loves football there. It's a big deal. He told his friend, why don't you consider not watching football? He said, why? What's wrong with football? Brian said, nothing's wrong with football. There isn't anything wrong with football. But while you're watching football, you don't have time to be spending in the presence of God. And it challenged his friend. He started thinking about that. And he got closer to God as a result of it. Well, they didn't just stop with a Thursday night meeting. They, they also started having a Thursday noon meeting in the lunch yard out there in between the buildings, having a time where they got together and prayed. Then they started having Bible meetings at lunch in front of God and everybody right there in the cafeteria. Sitting there with their Bibles open, talking about the things of God. People walking by going, what are you guys talking about? The Bible. A couple more kids sit down. 
couple of more sit down. A couple of more sit down. They're having revival. Do you know why? Pray for rain in the days of the latter rain. If you're not having revivals because you haven't asked for it, if you're not seeing revival at your school, in your home, in your neighborhood, then you haven't been looking for it. Because he says, if you ask for rain in the days of the latter rain, the Lord will send bright clouds. Are you ready for the clouds? What if the Spirit of God just moved into your bedroom, showed up in your house, started talking to you? You say, well, I don't know if that could happen. I know a young lady who was Baptist, and all her friends had told her that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was of the devil, and that speaking in tongues was of the devil. So one day she went to a meeting where they were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. And she was listening to it, and, and something just was happening in her heart. And she says, you know, I, I, I need to know more about this. So she went forward to get some people to pray for her. And she didn't receive anything. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. It was just kind of like she was there. Then they gave her some material. They said, why don't you go home, read through this material, and you pray. You ask God to show up. You ask God to do in your life what he wants to do. So she did. She went home to her house, got a glass of water, took her little pamphlet that they gave her. She went up to her room, took a drink of water, set the glass of ice water down on the nightstand next to the bed. She sat down on the bed and she said, God, I want everything that you have for me. Everything. God, if this is something that you have for me, I want it. She laid down on the bed and she just dozed off to sleep. All of a sudden, she sits up in the bed speaking in a language she'd never heard before. The curtains in the room are going like this and the windows closed. And the ice in the, in the glass of ice water is spinning around. I mean, she's got her own outpouring in her bedroom. Why? She asked for it. That's all. It's so simple. I want to show you another verse here in the Old Testament. Turn in your Bible to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. How many of you brought your Bibles? Amen. I'm glad you did. We have Bibles out there on the table too, I believe. 1 Kings chapter 17. I want to read you this story about Elijah. This is amazing. Starting in verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. He said there won't be dew or rain except at my word. He said it's not going to rain for the next three years until I say so. That's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? 
Well, when you walk with God, you find out your words are pretty powerful stuff. And it didn't rain for three years. And then at the end of that three years, the children of Israel had gone away from God, and they were worshiping idols. All kinds of rotten things were going on. Elijah went out and he challenged the prophets of Baal, this false god. They built two altars, and the prophets of Baal jumped around their altar all day long, calling on their god to send fire from heaven. Nothing happened. Elijah says, okay, are you guys done? He walks up and he calls for God to bring fire down from heaven and it comes down and it burns up the sacrifice and licks up the water that they had poured all over that sacrifice and proved that the God of Israel was the true God. They took the prophets of Baal out and they killed them. Now that's pretty serious stuff. Now, in chapter 18 and verse 41, see something had to happen in order for the rain to come. And that was it. They had to get the sin out. In 1 Kings 18, 41, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Nobody else heard anything except for Elijah. He could hear it in the spirit. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked, and he said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. And he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now in the, it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. The hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, and he outran the chariot. He said, there's not going to be rain until I say so. After the sin was purged out of the land, he said, okay, now it's time. He went up to the mountain, he got down, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. He sent his servant, he says, go look. Did he have to do this seven times because he was praying in unbelief? No. He was bringing it to pass. Many young people of this generation quit too soon. They pray about it. They think about it. Nothing happens, so they figure, well, maybe God didn't want it to happen. We're going to have to get a hold of the same kind of tenacity that Elijah had. He said, I said it's not going to rain until I say so. And I'm saying so. And so he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed till the rain came. There's a lot of young people in this generation who says, Lord, send revival. And then they don't see anything happen. They go, oh, well. I guess it's not time yet. How many of you, your school needs revival? It's time. God's looking for a leader. God's looking for somebody, anybody, who will stand up and make a difference. Doesn't matter if you're young. Doesn't matter if you're in your last year of high school. 
God's looking for somebody who will say, you know what, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in my school. You might say, Spencer, do I have to be weird and stand up on the desk and scream at the top of my lungs like a fiery preacher? Call down fire from heaven. No, you don't have to do that. But you have to pray, and then 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 you have to pray. But if you will, it'll rain. It'll rain. How do you know? God said it would. I'm not talking about water. I'm talking about the power and the presence of God showing up at your house, showing up at your school, showing up where you are and changing people's lives. Can you see yourself pulling people out of wheelchairs? Can you see yourself laying hands on somebody who's blind and receive their sight just like that? Can you see yourself laying hands on somebody who's missing limbs? I mean, they don't have an arm. And you pray for them, and an arm grows out. Y'all are looking at me like, I can't even believe that. There were a couple of young ladies went on a teen mania trip to a South American country. They had been trained a little bit on how to use a track in the Spanish language, how to share Jesus with somebody, so they were prepared that much. They went in, and the first day of their ministering and reaching out to people, they were pretty discouraged because nothing had been happening. Nothing was going on. Then they saw this little man sitting over on a step in front of his house. They thought, well, let's go talk to him. So they went over, and one of them sat on one side of him, the other one sat on the other side. They began to talk to him about Jesus. And he didn't seem very interested at all. Then they started talking to him about healing. And he seemed to perk up. His eyes brightened up a little bit. He was interested all of a sudden. And he pulled off his shoe. And he said, can Jesus heal this? And he didn't have any toes on his foot. No toes. Can Jesus heal this? What would your answer be? Can he? Can Jesus heal anything? He can heal everything. So they said, yes. So he stuck his foot out there for them to pray for him. Okay. Go for it. They closed their eyes. You know, sometimes maybe we should keep our eyes open. You know? Just so we can see what's going to happen. But I think maybe they were a little nervous about that. They closed their eyes and they prayed. Oh God, please, oh God. And they prayed their little hearts out. And when they opened their eyes, five brand new toes on the end of the guy's foot. Now don't you know they got excited? It's like, yes, okay, who's next? Line them up. Ushers, quickly. You know? I mean, that'll spark your faith. 
But what happens before your faith is sparked? There's one way to get your faith sparked, and that's to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray, to know what you want and to go after it in prayer. Like you're not going to stop until it happens. I'm making some of you real nervous right about now. And it's because a lot of young people don't want the responsibility of a revival or an outpouring in their generation. But I just bet there's some young people in this room tonight that are just crazy enough, just, ha just weird enough, just strange enough, just odd enough to believe that you could change your whole school. Some of you are looking around like, is it you? Is it you? Are you that strange one? I'm telling you tonight, God is here. He's here. He's going to change some things tonight. If you can see it and believe it on the inside of your heart, if you can have enough guts to reach out there and pray for it and pray for it and pray for it again so that it'll come, then the clouds come and the lightning starts to flash and the thunder starts to roll and things begin to change. It's a washout. What's your name in the striped shirt right here? Lawrence, stand up, Lawrence. Give me your hand. God wants you to know, Lawrence, that he's had his eye on you. And he knows, he knows exactly what he has planned for you. And all those things that have been around you trying to, trying to get you distracted, those things are going to fall apart. And the thing that God has for you is going to become so obvious and so clear. And you're going to take hold of it, and you're going to cause a revival where you are. And it's going to change hundreds and hundreds of lives. Father, I pray for Lawrence right now that you will fulfill all of your plan for his life. In the name of Jesus, do it, Lord. Do it, do it, do it. Every distraction is broken. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Spencer and Cindy Nordyke, Reaching Nations and Generations. For more information, visit nordykeministries.com.